Thank you so much for joining me. I wanted to share some thoughts from Rabbi Daniel uh, Gladstein's Haggadah and uh, shared a couple of thoughts and developed a few of them, but this is just a bunch of, kind of just dropping a lot of Aris um, very, very briefly, and I think you'll have some really, really nice things to share at the Seder. So just bear with me. Here we go. So uh, one of the things he brings down is from Rev uh, Shimon Schwab's father, Zatzal, that Rev Shimon Schwab writes about this in the, uh, the Mayan Basis Shueva Gada, and it's just a beautiful quote, and he elaborates on it a drop, but it, he basically says that the Pasuk of Yigada to Labincha actually encapsulates the entire Seder. It's really, really fascinating. So what is that? The Yigada to Labincha is you should talk to your children, and that's the Manashtana, the question and answers that you have with them. Bayoma, who is on that day, that's Marumas to the part of the Seder of Yachol Merosh Chodesh, I might have thought, that you could start from Rosh Chodesh, Tamalom, by Yomahu, right? So that's in that words, literally. Lamar is a tell over the story, which is obviously the whole Agada, Magid, but it's also specifically Mitchila Ovdevarazar. That is the story that you're supposed to tell. Okay? Bavor Zeh, what is that? And that is reminiscent of the, of the Rabbi Gamliel, who brings down, if you don't say those three things, you're not Yotze. Um, that Pasuk, Bavor Zeh, is uh, quoted and, and, and relevant. Asa Hashem Li, what is that? So that's Bechol Darvadar, Chayav Adam Liros Zatzma Kiluhu Yatzim Yitzrayim. That's Hashem did it to me. And that's the whole purpose of the night is to personalize it. The Rebbe Shalom is taking us out of Egypt as well. And, and the biggest insult we could give to the Russia is that if you would have been there, you wouldn't have gotten out. And we want to be able to say that if I was there, I would have gotten out. And in fact, I am getting out. And finally, Mitzaysim Yitzrayim is reminiscent of the hollow that we sing, which is a large part of the night as well. And Mitzaysim Yitzrayim, that's part of the song. All right, beautiful idea. Beautiful remez. I want to share um, one quick aura uh, of my own that's related to what I just said. And that is that we find when we go through the makos, so we go dams or dea, each one of them has their own one word, but then we get to makas pechoros. Now, it's true. Some people write it as pechoros. Why do we call it makas pechoros? Okay. So, um, one of the simplest pshatim that's not pashup shat, but it does fit in with chazal, is that the Maka wasn't necessarily only the death of the firstborns, but it was a civil war that the, that the firstborns brought. So, um, because they wanted, they finally said, come on, let them out. And they ended up killing m- m- uh, many people in Egypt. I mean, Egypt was in shambles after after Egypt's and Shrine. And in the, in the secular history books, the Egyptians, whenever they lost a battle, they would always um, try to hide the evidence. And certainly, anytime they were able to reconstruct the uh, kings that would take over the, the the pharaoh dynasties were throughout many generations, but they would always rig history. And the way they, the way they knew this is multiple ways. One of them is through other historians that had tracked what was going on. Egypt was a, was a world power. Remember, Egypt was America of the day, so there were lots and lots of historians that were interested in it in, even in that time. But also because in many of the excavations, what they find is that a lot of the temples, a lot of the things that were built, actually were built right on top of a plastering, or they didn't really use plaster back then, but whatever materials, um, the the um, sarcophagi or sarcophagus, which is plural, by the way, um, they would um, they would cover over the old stuff and write new stuff. And a lot of times there was, even, there was actually a female pharaoh that was just forgotten in history um, because she was just eradicated by the enemy that took over after her. Anyway, so a lot of some of the um, Ptolemaic scholars, so they wrote that the Jews were kicked out of Egypt because they were dirty and smelly. And diseased, and this is the biggest lie historically, but also just as a you know, the Egyptians were, were very very sore losers. We were taken out of Egypt because the Rebbeinu took us out of Egypt. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that more, and because Hashem showed the entire world that He runs the world, and He showed the Jews that He runs the world. Okay, so why is it called Makas Bechoros? So one shot is that the the Bechoros 
Actually, the maka was the maka's bechoros. If you just said bechoros, it wouldn't be so descriptive. So the maka was the maka of the bechoros that they went and they killed Egypt. But there's another thing I was thinking as a bechor myself. I think about this often, and that is that it's connected the tinus bechoros. That here you have the maka of the bechoros, which was the smiting of the firstborns in Egypt, and then you have the tinus of the bechoros that we fast in order to acknowledge that Hashem saved us. It was an extra saving. It wasn't just us getting out, but it was also an extra saving. That look, we're Jewish, and Hashem jumped over our 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 uh, houses and didn't and didn't hurt us. Um, one last thing I wanted to share was that for those of you who do Dafyomi, the Gemara just talked about this idea that um, a revius of blood is the minimum amount that a man that a human being needs in order to live. Whatever that means, that it's the smallest amount of of, of blood that represents an, the entire blood of a person, and this got me thinking that the entire purpose of the, of the uh, Seder is kol we want to connect to Hashem with all of our limbs. And so if this is the Dam HaNefesh, so to speak, this this Revius, then it makes sense why we have to drink at least a Revius of wine that we're showing that the entire purpose of the Seder is to dedicate our entire fiber and our entire being for Hashem. All right, so Raglatsky starts off very interestingly, and it's a very nice shtickle about who the author of the Agata is. And you know, not spoiler alert, it's not so clear, but he brings out many, many shitas. And one of them is, of course, what he leaves off that where Victor Miller made famous, but of course, many people said it before him as well. And that is that Claudius Stroll is the author. And of course, he clarified that you can't just um, edit the Haggadah, but um, even though there is a Mishabur that talks about how much, what's the bare minimum, etc., etc. Anyway, not for now. But the point is that um, many, many people were part of the author. Some people say Moshe was the author, that's why he doesn't talk about Moshe directly. Of course, many of the pshatim about why Moshe is not there is because the entire story is Aniv Lomalach, it's all about Hashem, etc., etc. Anyway, if Aaron Cutler has a very interesting Das Yacha that I never heard before, but he quotes, and that the author is Rishim Begamlil. And he brings many Rias, and I thought they were very Gishmak, so I'll bring two of them. One of them is that it says Yachomir Rishchodesh. Now, that means that you could celebrate Pesach from possibly Rishchodesh, which is 15 days early, two weeks early. So the problem is that. How is that Shaykh to Pesach, right? Because you're supposed to be learning the halachas of Pesach, but you're supposed to be learning it 30 days before. So that's how we paskin. But it's actually about the Gemara, whether you need 30 days or whether you need two weeks. So this shita of um, of, of, of two weeks in advance, that is a shita of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. And that could be Marumas in the Yachol Merishchodesh, which is only 15. He could, he could have said Yachol Mepurim, but he didn't say a month because he held that you needed to start studying two weeks in advance. Another rai he brings is Kol... Right, you could come bring the Karim Pesach. You could eat the Karim Pesach at our house. So the famous kasha is that if you're not one of the Menuyim, then you're not counted. But Aaron Cutler writes that, no, Rishon Gamaliel holds Yesh Brera, which means that, not to get into the exact technicalities, but when the Balabai is shechted and he had in mind, whoever joins later as part of Machabur is retroactively included, it would actually work. So according to him, you actually can invite people to the Seder. So anyway, that's a very, very fascinating thing. He has another shtickle, which I thought was very, very fundamental, and that is that it's brought down in the Sfar Makedoshim that it says the Rebbe Shalom's name of Havaya Yudke Vavke 1,820 times in the Torah. Now, remember, there's some people that, some sofrim, that they, they write the Sefer Torah, they are tovel in the mikvah before they write Shem Hashem. Now, those sofrim, by the way, that do that, I believe they don't do it every time. They do it in one sitting, and then every, when they get up, after they get up, then they, they tovel, they're tovel again. So, But the point is, they're not going to the Mikvah 1,820 times, but maybe if they're writing over the course of a couple months, they're going every morning, etc., etc. Okay. Anyway, so 
And it's brought down in a certain Haggadah that there's 1,820 um, words in the Haggadah, starting from Halach Ma'anya to Gal Yisrael. So obviously there's some significance behind that. So he brings down from the Rizal that Parah was a Maimon and Eno Maimon. And yet, or we should say that more strongly, he was a Maimon and an Apicarus at the same time. What does that mean? He was a Maimon because he said, they, the Kashi the, the is that his, what happened, the Khartoum said was Etzbalo Kim. But yet he says, Mi Hashem. So the Arizal says that Paro believed in El Kim, which means Teva. He believed in Teva. But he didn't believe in Yudke Vavke, which is Hashem, who still looks over the world, still watches, and still orchestrates all the events of the world. And of course, the entire purpose of the of the uh, Ten Makos and the Geula from Mitzrayim was to teach Hashem. Hashem wanted to teach the Jewish people and Paro that I am in charge. And that's that's the Yudke Vavke. And that's exactly what's going on. There's a famous Malchus between the Malbim and the Bar- uh, Barbanel. I don't want to go into the exact details of it, but obviously the, the Barbanel was a reshown in the 14, late 1400s, and the Malbim lived in the 1800s. Um, so the Malbim brings many, many other reshonim that say that the things that Barbanel said are... The Barbanel meant to be philosophical, but basically the Barbanel tries to explain how all the Makos took place. So for example, he says that you know the river got discolored, that's why it looked like blood, but it wasn't really blood. And then he said, and that caused the frogs to want to exit it, which then caused lice because of their presence, which then caused restlessness for the animals. He goes through a whole cheshman of how that happened. And um, the Malbim has a scathing review of this and says, basically, how could you be so Sir Divrei Chazal? And how could you be so Sir Armasora? The entire purpose of the Malbim is the Rebbe Shalom changed Teva. Of course it was blood. Now, I don't want to go into the exact details, but obviously the Barbanel was not a kofer at all, and he believed in Hashem. And he also understood that He's, I'm sure he celebrated Seder. He wrote Agata, a very beautiful one, in fact. Um, what he meant to say was two things. One of them was that he meant to say that sometimes your Rebbe Shalom acts al mm-hmm. And there is a way al with a Mikiritzvibshuto to explain to a certain degree a, on a philosophical level what happened. But that doesn't mean that if Chazal tell us that it's wrong, that, that of course he abides to Chazal. But even more so, says Rav Victor Miller, of course we follow the Masorah or the Malbim, that all these things are absolute nisim. But the point is that if Paro wanted to deny it, here is where his Bechira came in, that he could have said it was just discolored. Even though, again, the Malbim would say that if you tested the DNA, or if you tested the chemical compounds, I should say, of the of the water, it actually was absolute blood, and we believe that, etc. Okay, so anyway, that's an important thing. Um, there is a famous Marsha Sachem, um, in, in, in Brachos also, that he mentions that it says, Arbam Sruchan Lahodas, four people have to give thanks to Hashem. And he brings down that the Jews went through all four of these. They were in the sea, which is the splitting of the sea. They were in the desert without food. And Hashem took care of them. They were Chola. They were sick in Egypt. And of course, they were uh, Yotzim and Beza Surin, the ultimate uh, jail that they were in. And this, according to this marsha, they, the, the Velt likes to say that the word Haggadah means Hodah, to give thanks to Hashem, to tell over thank you to Hashem, which is very, very true. There's another shot in the word Haggadah, which means to, to show an example. And the Ramosha Feinstein says this shot because it says, Magid Devarav Liyakov, Magid Devarav means you have to show. And he says, Chinuch is to live by example. And that's a very, very important thing. There's another shtickle that um, Rabbi Gladstein brings down in the name of Rav Nachman Rebreslov, which is a very, very fascinating one. And that is that in the famous mimer of Rabbi Seno Egyazman Shel Shachris, so Shachris actually stands for, it's not in exact order, but it has the letters of Shenei Yudei Elishol, one of the four sons, Chacham is Ches of Shachris, Reish is Rasha, and, and Tuf is Tam. 
So what's the pshat? The pshat is that when we have the, and we'll talk more about this in a moment, when we have the Seder, what we're trying to do is to make sure that we speak long enough throughout the night that we're able to reach all four of these children. All right. Then there's a famous thing that Rabbi Gamliel got kicked out of the base Medrash. And that's why in that Misa, when it says all the people that were there, Misa, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Tarfin, that they were Mesubin and B'nai Brak, where Rabbi Kiva was the Rav. Um, and yet it doesn't say Rabbi Gamliel. And that's because he was kicked out. And what were they talking about? They were Mesopin, Kol Oso Alayla, about Yitzhiyah and Sraim. And that's the proof that Kol Amar B'lisapur, Yitzhiyah and raised the Meshubach. However, we have to know that Rabbi Gamliel and the Tosefta, so in his Seder, they actually learned it was shorter, and they did halachas. And that was his shita, that you had to follow, that you had to learn through halacha. And it's interesting because even the um, Chacham in the in the Haggadah, when we tell him things, we tell him, That's what we teach him, the halachas of Pesach. And it's based on this Tosefta, they say, um, that says that you're supposed to learn the halachas of Pesach. Now, halachas of Pesach, by the way, um, could refer to the Karim Pesach, if it was in the time of the Beis Magash, or it could also refer to what he just said, Eimach Tir Nachar Pesach Afikomen. And this idea of Afikomen, just a very famous quick vart, which is that the the Chacham, what we're trying to teach him, is that he has to take Pesach, and it should, it should that flavor should be carried throughout the year. That's the shot of Afikomen, that has to be the last flavor that you eat. It is your dessert. There's when I was a kid, I always got upset you didn't have dessert on Pesach. But it's really it's really an important lesson. The dessert is the beauty of what you carry over. We mentioned this a little bit about Sher Shirim, that it's part of the dessert as well. But the last thing in your mouth is what you have to carry over. And that's a halacha, but it's, there's also a shkaf in it. That, that That's that's what we're teaching him. Anyway, coming back to our vart. So Rebekah was, Rebekah was kicked out. And he explains, Rebekah Gladstein, based on Mepharshim, that he, he was kicked out because he was a descendant of Rebekah, of David Melech. And his sheet to Rebekah Gamliel was that he had to be very, very strict. And therefore, if a Talmud wasn't Tochel Kabaru, he would kick them out. However, it was in this time when Yeshua took over, and he was one of those five people that was there. So that's when Idias was taught, and that's when the inclusion of 400 or 700 benches were added, and all the and, and, and all the Arba Banim were now invited. And the Lozachishish at Omer Yitzhak's Tram, Ajadarja Ben Zoma, happened at that time, because now Rebekah was out. And the whole purpose was that even in the time of darkness, in the time of Lila, we should be masquerade at the Rebbe Shalom and recognize that. And Rebbe held that we had to uphold Kavot and we shouldn't bend. But Rebbe, but Rebbe um, Lezer held that, no, that we need to be able to be masquerade, meet us Hashem, that Hashem is here even at nighttime. And that's why he was Menatzeach at that exact time. Ayin Shem, very, very gishmak stuff. Okay, then as a rem is that Rabbi Gamliel was eventually let back in. <laughs> Later on, I got to we quote him. Rabbi Gamliel is one that said, Koshla Amar Gimel Tvar Melu Bepesach is not Yotze, so they reinstated him and they brought him back. There's a great vart that he has, which is that Rashi says that the Torah should have started the Now, that specific one is said right at, right before Machis Bechoros. So it's very interesting because, first of all, what does that mean? That you would have not had the Makos? Maybe it would have had afterwards. But the point is, that what's shot that it's all of a sudden right there in the middle of a ninth and a tenth maka, so he gives a whole shot, which is basically that it's based on the maral and agav. If you want a great shtickle, um, rev, um, where is that? The Ark Dalio, Shur has a whole shtickle based on this maral about how the ten makos were a reverse 
go, bringing back the creation of the world. In Ray Gladstein, he actually follows a very different order than that Maral, that uh, that that, that of Rabbi um, uh, of Rabbi Dalishor. But I and Shum, I think Rabbi Dalishor is a lot easier to understand. For example, everybody agrees that Bracious is the first mimer. So therefore, the Racious, but um, the Racious is 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 the Makas Pachoros. And, and everyone agrees that, well, actually, many people agree that the last mimer was Naasa Adam, and that's the Dom of Dom. Regulatsin has a different shot on this, but either way, um, the point is that uh, he, he develops a well, Ayin Chum, but the point is that the Makos were a way of bringing back this Galas Vashem. So the last Maka is Bereshis, and Bereshis was literally what created time. So therefore, Achorish Zalachem is the control of time that Hashem gave Kla Yisrael, and so in Mela, it's very, very related. Okay, then he has a whole shtickle, which is really, really fascinating, which is um, that when the Jews came down to, it says, it says, Babon Mitzrayma. What's the shot of Mitzrayma? So the Mitzrayma, look at the first letter of the word Mem, it's open. The Mem is an open letter. And the hey at the end, Mitzrayma, is also open. It seemed like they could go in and they could go and come. But really, it was Babon Mitzrayim. Really, it was a trap. And there was Mem, yeah, you could come in and it looks like you could go out, but Mitzrayim with a final Mem, which seals them in. And that's a very, very important thing that happened. Um, and he brings down these Ramazim, which is really, really fascinating, um, which is that you find this combination of Ein Od Milvada, which is Rashi Tevas, Aleph, Ayin, Mem, throughout the whole Agada. For example, you have Ered Imcha Mitzrayma, which is those same letters. Um, and then you have Al Achilas Matzah, or Al Achilas Mar. And you have Elu Eser Makos. And you have Moshe Tuk. Moshe S. Atzmos Yosef, and you have all these Ramazim of Inod Milvado, which is a huge theme of the Haggadah. A couple more Aras, bear with me. Uh, we talked about Ashir Shirim um, is 117 um, words. That's a whole shtickle that we, 117 Psukim, um, Ayin Shum. And there's a there's one Bafarish that brings down a fascinating Remez, which is that since they used to start the Seder early, Echad Miodea at the end of the Seder is actually a reminder to repeat Krishma. That's when you're supposed to repeat That's why they sing it there. Um, it's very interesting because some people try to count the sphere before, some people count after. I always find that I often forget the first night uh, of sphere, which is the second night of the Seder um, for Chutzla Arts, um, because you know there is an Indian to only have count sphere afterwards because it's kind of tardy to sasri. Like, how are you having a, a Seder, which is supposed to be a suffix of Svikat Yoma of Tesvav, etc.? But most of the Farshim say that it's fine, and I personally find that it's a lot easier to count. Um, before, so you don't forget. Um, there's another thing, which is that the Malachim, they got kicked out of Shemayim because they said, we're destroying Sodom. And um, the altar of Kelm points out that this is in contrast to the end of the, la- the last words of the Pesach. They literally corrected themselves. They were kicked out of Shemayim for a hundred and whatever the, the exact Hajjim is. There's, there's a whole word on that exact amount. I don't mean, I just don't remember the exact number. But it says, even in those words. But no, if there's any felt in your Hashem and your recognition of the Rebbe Shalom's um, providence and, and, and running the, of the world, it's a big problem. And he says also that Moshe Rabbeinu and, and Aaron, this was their sin. Shimuna Amorim, Amin Asela said, No Mayim, we're going to take it out. And that was the exact same thing. That was the exact same Avera. Um, he talks about a very serious topic, which is the blood libels. Um, there's a lot to be said on that. But obviously, as Jews, we know that we would never do that. First of all, we're not allowed to eat blood anyway. It's an iser. We're not allowed to kill. We're not allowed to do any of these things. So the whole thing makes absolutely no sense. Obviously, I should have said we're not. We value human life first, right? But it doesn't make any sense. How how could this happen? So 
Rochanan says, we don't understand the ways of Hashem. Rochanan Wasserman says, Hashem should forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe that the first libel that ever took place is when the brothers had jealousy of Yosef, and they literally wanted to kill him. And they started the libels. And he says, Hashem should forgive me for saying this. And Lemaisa, he's there are many people, Rechaim Falaji writes the same thing, the Barbanel is Maramis to this, back to the Barbanel, um, and there's many other Mepharshim. The Barbanel brings a measure that basically says this explicitly, that the um, that the Gullus Mitzrayim took place, all of his death and all of his punishment took place because of what the brothers did to Yosef. And of course, Yosef was, wasn't necessarily innocent either, in the sense that there was a, um, according to some, he was one of the Asar Hurugi Malchus that had to get Neschopper for as well. So, there's a Medrash, the, the Meshachachma writes also that Mechiras Yosef was was considered an eagle to a certain degree. Okay? So there's even a shot that they bring down that it says in the Gemara Psachim says, Kol when they know Saint Pisco, but Oro, they would carry it back. And Rashi says, they would, and the Gemara says, like a Tios. And Rashi says that it was um, like, just like the Sochre Yishma'elim. And that's a, a remez to Mechiras Yosef. He was sold first to the Yishma'elim, who then brought him down to Egypt. So, says Rehokhan Wasserman that because of this terrible thing, because of the discord between Kalei therefore, that is why the blood libels that we started takes place uh, many, many generations that have t- has taken place many, many times. And Ramadisio Solomon adds this, that Pesach is a time of Achdus, and that was a time when the tragic Mechira took place, and so therefore we have to be Mishazik, our Achdus, at this time. I hope that we all have a beautiful and inspiring Pesach Seder and beyond, and we take the time to connect with Hashem and to recognize how much He orchestrates all the beautiful things in our lives and how much He is always present and bringing us our own Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim, our own ability to connect, and may we have a beautiful and amazing Yantif with our family and friends.